Hello, Mariners fans, and welcome to the very first episode of the Coast Watch Football Podcast. The new season is upon us. Big names have departed, but new faces have arrived. In this episode, I'll be analysing our playing squad for the 2021 A-League season and previewing our first two fixtures as we face new boys MacArthur FC and local rivals Newcastle Jets. It's all coming up right now on Coast Watch Football. So excited, not only that you can join me here for the very first episode of Coast Watch Football, but the season is just around the corner. The Mariners, we kick off against our F3 Derby rivals, Newcastle Jets, on New Year's Eve at Central Coast Stadium, which should be a very, very exciting Encounter, an interesting one for sure as well as we start each new season, starting on a blank slate. Um, it's always interesting to see how the team's going to perform. How is Alan Stadjuk going to turn things around after last year's disappointment? We've got three wooden spoons in a row now. That's four in the last five years. And the only way is up. The only way is up. And that's uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's I think that's a motto here at Coast Watch Football to promote positivity. And that's the only way we're going to move forward as a club if us as fans are are rallying around our team and our players. But before we jump into it, a little bit about me, um, before we just start listening to some random guy from the internet talk about the Mariners. But my name's Lockie. I'm 24 years old and I've been a Mariners member since, I think, 2007. Um, I distinctly remember being at around 10, 10 or 11 years old and uh, going to my first Mariners game, sitting in, I think it was Bay 2, and I remember seeing Andrew Clark just sprinting down the right-hand touchline. <laughs> That's my first memory of a Mariners game. Um, some of my favorite players over the years, Patrick Zonsvijk, I think is my number one. The big Dutch defender scored, of course, that amazing header in our 2013 grand final win. I was, I was, I've attended our, I've attended the grand finals against Newcastle Jets in 2008 and against, uh, the, the, of course, the win against the Wanderers in 2013. It's led me to here. <laughs> I've been a Mariners fan all my life, all the way through my, throughout my childhood. And now as an adult, um, I really wanted to do something to bring Mariners fans together and just celebrate it. The fact that we have a professional football club here on the Central Coast, it's great. It's really, really great. So it's important that, um, as I mentioned, us as fans get behind this club and moving ahead into 2021, which is just, which is just around the corner, it's going to be an exciting season for sure. And um, we're going to take a deep dive into what this season is going to look like for the Mariners, the playing squad, possible formations. We'll be previewing everything in this episode. But let's go ahead and jump into how the squad is shaping up. And we're gonna get we're gonna get the bad news out of the way. We're gonna get the bad news out of the way first. We're gonna talk about our departures. Um, so some big names have left. Milan Juric obviously was a big player for us last season, had a bunch of Really, really good goals. Uh, Tommy Orr, our captain, has departed to MacArthur FC. And the other big one is Ziggy Gordon, who, a bit, bit of a controversial one, um, seemed to have committed his future to the Mariners back in November. And then it was only a matter of weeks later in December, mid-December, when he announced that he would be departing and and joining rivals Western Sydney Wanderers. So it'll be interesting to see how how he uh, what his reception is like when he comes back to the Central Coast. I mean, while he was here, he was a faithful servant and he was right behind the club. But the fact that he had left so soon after stating his commitment to the club, I don't know. I think it's going to make it a bit shaky for fans. Um, the relationship with him now, I'm, I'm not sure. I will. It'll be interesting to see. Um, 
how it goes when the Wanderers um, return to uh, we face the Wanderers at Central Coast Stadium in January. Um, the other departures as well, Jordan Murray has left. Sam Silvera has secured a move to Portugal. Michael McGlinchey, Chris Harold, among the other departures as well. So, I mean, this it happens most years now, I think, in the A-League where we see a most clubs have a pretty extensive departures list. But we've recruited decently well. <laughs> it... it, it only time will tell whether these arrivals will improve the squad or not. It's it's always tricky, especially when um, they're unknown players. But let's dive into those arrivals right now. Um, the main one, the big one, the early one that was announced was Oliver Bazanich. Now, that was great. That put a big smile on my face when I saw that Oli was coming back. He was one of my favorite players, featured in our grand final squads back in, I believe it was 2010, 2011, against Brisbane Roy, played in that grand final. Yeah, as I mentioned, one of my favorite players. Um, well known for playing in that diamond formation that Graham Arnold played with us alongside Michael McGlinchey, Roston Griffiths, John Hutchinson. Oliver Bazanich was a key part of that squad almost 10 years ago now, just about. And uh, he returns now as a senior figure at the club. And this this is a great signing. It really, really is. Um, some people might not might say that Bazanich isn't the player that he was back then. Um, time will tell. I mean, he's been playing at Hearts in Scotland in the SPL. And that's a that's a decent that's a decent club to be playing for. Of course, recently in the A League, uh, he's been at both Melbourne clubs, Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory. But back at the Mariners, and um, someone that I would certainly be uh, be happy to see wearing the captain's armband. So hopefully, he can really have a leadership role here at the club this year. Um, the other notable acquisitions: Mikhail Janota um, from Poland, the Polish attacking midfielder. Slash striker. It'll be interesting to see how he's deployed into this squad. But he looks like a decent signing. Um, he's played a lot of football in Poland and recently in Saudi Arabia. And he comes to Australia now, uh, 30 years of age, and seems to have quite a bit of experience under his belt. It'll be interesting to see how he fits into the squad as well when we bring in these sort of more experienced international players um, we saw last year, the Serbian Milan Juric, uh, he was really good in patches, really, really good in patches. Um, I distinctly remember him smashing in that, uh, that goal from outside the box in round one away to the Wanderers at the start of last season. So hopefully Janotto can have a similar impact on us, but the big signing that I was actually really impressed with that I really want to highlight here is Marcos Ureña, the Costa Rican striker. He played at the 2018 World Cup and the 2014 World Cup too, I believe, just off the top of my head. Um, and it has a decent, a decent sort of range of clubs in his in his repertoire over his career. And they include Danish club FC Midtjylland, Los Angeles FC from the States, and most recently Gwangju FC in South Korea. So it's it's really exciting to see a striker with such pedigree come into the Mariners. We've been begging, crying out for a decent striker, a consistent striker for such a long time. When you look back over recent years, you've got players like um, Asdrubal, uh, Blake Powell, uh, even more recently, Jordan Murray. And they're all decent players in their own right. No disrespect to those strikers at all, but they never quite got running at the Mariners. Jordan Murray uh, looked good in stints for us last year, grabbed a couple goals here and there, but never quite had that consistency to to be up there with the top goal scorers in the league. So hopefully Arrhenia can can be that striker for us that we've needed for 
for so long. I mean, when you when you think it's been so long now, we think back to Daniel McBreen when he won the Golden Boot back in 2013. That was that's the one that the Mariners fans I think always go back to as as maybe our best striker of all time. And obviously Matt Simon has been a a great servant for the club over the years, but operates more as a as a bench player these days. So hopefully Urenia can can step up and be the star striker that we as a club so desperately crave. But those are the big acquisitions that we have made. Some of the other ones, Daniel Booman, the Oliru attacking midfielder, looks like an interesting signing. Some youth players have stepped up, Matt Hatch and Dan Hall, both defenders. Stefan Negro, an interesting signing as well. Of course, the former Brisbane Raw and Melbourne Victory fullback. Won the grand final with Melbourne Victory. Um, you might remember that contentious grand final win over the Newcastle Jets back in 2018. But that's a good signing. He's a fullback that can play on either side of the field, left back or right back. I believe he is right-footed, so probably more predominantly um, deployed on the right-hand side of defense. But that is a, a nice, versatile player to have in the back line. Jason Casella has signed on a scholarship contract. And another Serbian player has arrived at the Mariners, Stefan Jankovic, the 23-year-old attacking midfielder. So, I mean, when you look at our acquisitions, there's no shortage of attacking midfielders, that's for sure. And um, we might touch on that a little bit later in terms of how that's going to look for our formation coming into the 2021 season. But looking at our squad overall now, it's it's pretty decent. Look, it's not too bad. A lot of people are tipping us for the wooden spoon again. And, I mean, when you compare our playing squad to the rest of the league, again, the quality isn't quite there. Plenty of youth. Plenty of youth. And we have relied on youth quite a lot. Over the last few years, I mean, several years or so now, um, but it's whether they can gel together and really band together and, and put and put together performances on the field. And I think Alan Stadjic um, is the right coach to do that. But there seems to be a nice little balance of experience and youth in our acquisitions, at least. And looking across the field, I've basically written out the players that are in each position. And we have, we definitely have at least two players in every position, which is what you want um, for your A-League squad. Mark Birgitti and Adam Pearce, of course, the two goalkeepers for the Mariners again this season. Right backs, Lewis Miller and Matt Hatch. Um, center back is probably the one position where it does still feel a bit shaky. We've got Ruin Tongyuk and Kai Rolls, who are who are probably looking to step up um, as our two main centre backs? Dan Hall from the youth squad. Um, whether he gets some game time, we'll have to we'll have to see. But it would have been ideal, I think, to bring in an experienced centre back there just to just to help us uh, settle things down. At left back, Jack Clisby, and of course Stefan Negro can fill in at either left back or right back. Uh, Jack Clisby can also play at centre back. So I mean, we've got some versatility there um, if we need to shuffle things around. Um, central midfield is looking pretty decent. Of course, we had Gianni Stensness and Josh Nisbet, um, who played a, fair, played a decent amount of last season and, and both uh, paired up quite nicely, especially towards the end of the campaign. And just bringing in Oliver, Oliver Bazanich into that, into that, uh, making those, those three mid central midfielders there, looks like a pretty decent, um, decent little batch of central midfielders. I think we'll see Bazanich and Stensness starting in the, uh, in, in the starting 11 where the Josh Nisbet comes off the bench. Attacking midfielders is where it gets interesting. And I've um, I've grouped up attacking mids and wingers because when you look back at last season, the Mariners, we played a 4-2-2-2 formation. So basically we had two attacking midfielders operating behind two strikers and they weren't really wide players. When, when you watch how the Mariners play, they're more just a two attacking midfielders sitting behind the two strikers. 
And this is what I was touching on before about uh, how our our the new arrivals that have come into the cl- to the club are going to again give us a hint to how this formation is going to play out. I think it'll be a similar formation. The fact that I mean we've got I've, I've written down five attacking midfielders here in, in, in Janota, Daniel Bowman, Daniel De Silva, of course, is still at the club. Stefan Jankovic and Jaden Casella. That's five attacking midfielders. At least they've been reported to be attacking midfielders. Um, whether some of them get played more deeper um, in a defensive midfield role or perhaps some of them could be used as strikers, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but that certainly hints to to the realistic possibility that we are, again, playing that 4-2-2-2 formation, which, I mean, personally, I don't know if I'm a fan of. It just felt like too many times we kept getting caught out uh, tracking um, opposition attacking fullbacks. That was tricky. There were, there, it was a bit confusing whether the whether those attacking midfielders would track back or whether one of our defensive midfielders, Stensness or Nisbet, would be pulled out to uh, to track those runs. And I felt like that that was maybe a little bit of a weakness for us, um, getting outnumbered in the in our fullback positions. Um, but hey, certainly plenty of attacking threat there. Um, it's certainly a lot to choose from there for Alan Stadjic when it comes to that attacking midfield area. And then hey, the strikers. Doesn't look too bad either. Marcus Lorena, hopefully he stays fit. He doesn't pick up any bad injuries. I think he can be a great goal scorer for us. Hopefully maybe replicating the feats of Adam Lafondra. I know that's a big ask, but hey, only time will tell. Matt Simon, of course, the captain is still at the club. And then Alu Kual, who of course made a couple of appearances at the back end of last year post-COVID. And hey, looked pretty decent. Uh, looks like he's got some pace on him. Hopefully can bang in some goals this year. Alukuol could be a big season for him. But hey, a decent lineup. And and the depth, the depth is okay. The depth is okay across the board. Maybe if we had brought in one more center back, like an experienced center back, that uh, that maybe would have made fans feel a bit more confident heading to heading into the season. But um, hey, only time will tell whether maybe this squad is the one to gel together. You have to say over the last three years, at least, the golden, uh, sorry, not the golden spoon, the wooden spoon, the complete opposite, (laughs) the wooden spoon, our squads really haven't been up to scratch and they've failed to really properly gel together. And, you know, plays have come in and out, formations have changed, shapes, strategies have changed. But hopefully this season we can get some consistency, players staying fit, scoring goals. I think that's the big one as well, scoring goals. If we can get some goals, get some wins, especially early on in the season, That'll fill, um, especially our young players, with a whole lot of confidence moving into this new campaign. Very exciting, though, to see how some of these new acquisitions play out into our squad. Let's go ahead and jump jump to my players to watch for this new season. And I've highlighted three players that to keep an eye on for this new season. Ruan Tongik is a big one. At the moment, it looks like that Tongik will be um, in the starting lineup in the center of defense alongside Kai Rolls. Both still young players, but both have a decent amount of A-League experience when you look at them now. Both have been around for for a number of seasons now, a handful of seasons. Ruan Tongik um, has played at a number of clubs, Adelaide United, Melbourne City, Western Sydney Wanderers, and now I believe this is his second season with the Mariners. And then Kai Rolls, of course, has, has basically been one of our key central defenders for the past couple of years. Hopefully those two can form a decent partnership. And Ruan Tongyuk, who, who did have a little bit of game time last year, looked decent in patches. Um, very tall, very strong, and can make a solid tackle here and there as well. So hopefully he really steps up and and maybe takes a leadership role there um, 
in the center of defense, especially, as I mentioned, the fact that we're really lacking an experienced player there in, in, in the back line. The second player to watch, of course, is Alu Kowal. As I just mentioned before, really talented young striker. This could be a breakout season for him. He looks like a player that has a whole bunch of potential. So hopefully Alan Stadjic can really help him uh, to unlock his game and possibly a big season for Alu. And then the third one, I keep going on about him, but Marcos Lorena, I think, is the one to watch. I think he'll surprise people. Uh, he's sort of gone under the radar as one of the uh, one of the new ac- big new acquisitions in the A-League. But, I mean, the dude's played at a couple World Cups. He scored a World Cup goal um, as well. He's got that experience, that pedigree, as I mentioned. A decent signing, a really, really decent signing. So hopefully he can bang in some goals for the Mariners this year as well. But those are my three players to watch. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Coast Watch Football, the very first episode of this podcast um, so far. We're going to take a quick little break. And then afterwards, we're going to be previewing our first two fixtures against the Newcastle Jets and MacArthur FC. And then doing our ladder prediction for the 2021 season. That's all coming up after this break. And we're back with the second half of our season preview episode. Quick shout out to my mate Jacob Bourne who put together that little uh, the little musical theme for the Coast Watch Football Podcast. Time to preview our two upcoming fixtures. And we're previewing both round one and round two because they both, they're back to back basically. They're only a few days apart. Thursday, New Year's Eve, the 31st of December. We're at home to the Newcastle Jets, our traditional New Year's Eve fixture. And then just backing up three days later on Sunday, we have our away trip to Campbelltown to face new boys, MacArthur FC, the Bulls. Should be an interesting encounter. Uh, both games. Let's dive into the Newcastle Jets and have a look at how they're lining up. Um, they've been struggling this offseason. They've had ownership issues and they've lost a bunch of key players. Bernie Abini has has left to join the Wanderers. That was the big one, a little bit of controversy surrounding that one. Uh, Dimi Petratos is another big loss for them as well. He was um, he was their main creator last year, leading the league in assists. He's left, so that's a big piece of quality that has departed their squad. Matt Miller, former Mariners player, is currently on loan to Shrewsbury Town in the UK, and his loan concludes on January 1st, 2021. So he won't be in the country uh, for the game against us. The arrivals that they have had, uh, familiar name to Mariners fans, Michael Neal has joined the Newcastle Jets, of course, the left back, played a few years for us, um, I believe it was around 2014, 15, 16. Um, a decent defender, did all right for us, um, sort of uh, was was the deputy to, to Josh Rose for a couple of years there. Um, but he's joined the Newcastle Jets as well as uh, Remy Nazarene on loan from Melbourne City and Valentino Yule, um, the attacker who you might remember was with Western United last season. But a lot of their regular faces have stuck around, the likes of Nigel Burgard, Stephen Yugarkovic, Nikolai Topper-Stanley. Um, they do have a strong core, the Newcastle Jets, but they have lost a lot of attacking quality. They do, of course, still have former Mariners striker Roy O'Donovan, who is currently um, uh, with his second stint with the Newcastle Jets. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. While they do still have maybe their defensive structure there, the Newcastle Jets, 
there's certainly, I, th- I think it's going to be an even affair. I think it's going to be an even clash. In recent times, we have struggled against them. And when you look back to our last fixture against them, it was that nil or draw at the back end of last season. And, I mean, when you look at the squads now, you, you've got to say that the Mariners have recruited a little bit better than, than the Jets have. Um, so I think we have a slight advantage heading into that game. I have seen some pundits predict Newcastle Jets to come last um, with Mariners second last there. So um, that's always nice to see, <laughs> especially against our against our uh, F3 derby rivals. But, hey, I'm, I'm optimistic, not just because, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we want to be positive here on the podcast, but going into this game, this is a big chance for a win. This is a big chance for an early win to get that first three points under the belt have a little bit of confidence heading into our next game against MacArthur FC. Um, I'm going to predict a 2-1 win. I think it'll be a close one. I think it'll be a tight, cagey affair. But a 2-1 win uh, to the Mariners is what I'm predicting for this one. So should be a good one. Looking forward to it. New Year's Eve, Newcastle Jets. Uh, what a great way to kick off the season. But let's shift on now to MacArthur FC. And of course... It's just all arrivals for them. Of course, they're a brand new team. Exciting to have another team in the A-League, MacArthur FC, based in Campbelltown, Sydney. And we are playing. This will be their second game and our second game as well. They are, they are, of course, kicking off the season. Western Sydney derby against the Wanderers. But having a look at some of their notable acquisitions, of course, our captain last year, Tommy Orr, has joined MacArthur FC. He was one of their first signings. Matt Derbyshire from the UK looks like a decent player. Um, and we've got some other more familiar names popping up. Liam Rose, Jake McGing, and Anthony Golick, all former Mariners players, now plying their trade for the Bulls. Uh, they may get some game time against us when we face them down there in Campbelltown. But they've recruited some big names as well. They've got Benat and Sasueta. Sasueta, of course, um, you might be familiar with him. Um, he played a little bit uh, with Melbourne City last year. Um, but two excep- exceptional players that have La Liga experience. It's a decent squad that they've put together. People are predicting them to finish in the top six. In my latter prediction, um, I don't have them in the top six. I think it'll take a little bit for them to gel while there is some quality there. They're, you know, they're going to be contesting with some of the more established sides in the A-League, and I think they'll finish maybe just outside the top the top six. But against, it'll definitely be a tougher clash for the Mariners coming up against MacArthur FC compared to the Newcastle Jets. Just the quality that, that is in this squad for MacArthur. Whether some of those international players are ready to play, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But... Definitely a more uh, a tougher clash um, against them. And it's always tricky to say because we literally have not seen these guys play at MacArthur FC. So it's hard to predict sort of how, you know, formations tactically, how how it's going to go. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on, um, on their opening day, uh, not opening day, their opening round clash against the Wanderers to see sort of what formation they line up with. Looking at their plays, could could possibly be a three at the back. Um, Ante Milicic, their, their coach there, brought in some decent uh, wingbacks there. They've got Ivan Franic, James Meredith there, um, some decent wingbacks who were playing for Perth Glory last year. And, of course, Mark Milligan, their captain, um, experienced experienced defender, midfielder, wherever he plays, um, he'll be commanding the field for them. Um, so excited to see how this one plays out on Sunday afternoon. It's against MacArthur FC. But time to shift on to the final segment of this opening episode, and it's going to be my ladder prediction for this A-League season. How is the ladder going to look come the end of the year? 
It's an interesting one. It's hard to predict. We're coming out of a sort of post-COVID here. Um, there's new teams in the league. Well, a new team in MacArthur FC. Um, and with so many players moving around, it's hard to tell before watching any football how things are going to play out. But here's my predictions. Starting in last place, it's actually going to be Newcastle Jets. Of course. Of course it has to be. Um, no, but even if I wasn't a Mariners fan, uh, Newcastle Jets have struggled to bring in quality acquisitions. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, a lot of other pundits have called them to to finish last. It's either people are either calling Mariners or Jets to come last. Um, but they have struggled, and with the with the issues off the field, with with dramas surrounding the ownership and all that, um, I think it's going to be a year of struggle for the Jets. Eleventh place, I've got Perth Glory. Um, they're relying very heavily on youth players at the moment. When you look at their Asian Champions League uh, lineups from last month, a lot of youth players. Um, they have lost plenty of players. I think it's been a struggle for them, especially with COVID. Um, I remember I think it was Nathaniel Atkinson and Andrew Naboot were meant to go over there from, uh, from Victoria. But um, with the COVID restrictions, they decided to stay uh, at Melbourne City. So Perth Glory finishing second last for me. They do have quality players. They have got Andy Keogh back, of course, Diego Castro, Economides, all still there, uh, Bruno Fornaroli. So, I mean, this is a bold one to call them coming second last. They could certainly, uh, they're an unpredictable um, bunch. Whether maybe some of those youth players um, step up, some of them have a breakout season, um, only time will tell. But I've got Perth Glory coming second last. And um, I'm trying my best not to be biased here, but I am trying to push the Mariners up as high as I as high as I can, whilst also being realistic. But in 10th place, I've actually put Brisbane Raw. Um, Brisbane Raw, another one of those clubs which had some issues over the last maybe six months or so. The Robbie Fowler saga is now over. Um, some of those players that he brought over have still stayed, uh, the likes of Tommy Aldred, um, Jay O'Shea, both good players are still there. Um, they have brought in some decent players. Joey Champness, former Jets player, um, is a quality uh, signing from Newcastle as well. But this will be an interesting season for the Raw. Again, I think another team that we as Mariners can finish ahead of. I think we can beat them. Um, you know, when we're when we when we are playing well, and and we of course have history with them with those grand final, all those finals that we played against them. Um, so it's always it's always a good feeling when we beat when we do beat the Brisbane Raw. Um, but that leads us to ninth place, where I have put us, the Central Coast Mariners. Now, I feel like this isn't too much. <laughs> This isn't too unrealistic. I'm not I'm not dreaming too much here, but ninth place, it's still a couple spots off the top six. But hey, it's a big improvement after um after three consecutive wooden spoons. If our players gel, if the players gel, if we are banging in goals, if Marcus Arena can 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 step up, if Mikel Janotta can can, if those players can prove their quality and some of these youth players really um have a big season, there is no reason why we can't at least contest for maybe fifth or sixth place in the finals there. Um, but when you look at the other teams that are in the league, it's hard to see us finishing um, higher than them. And again, that's just me being realistic. So, I mean, ninth place there, I would be stoked. With, I mean, it's tricky in the A-League because you really you have to be finishing in the finals to have to have a decent season. It's hard to it's hard to finish seventh, eighth, or ninth and say you've had a decent season. But hey, for Mariners, if we can finish three spots higher than we have for the last three seasons, I think that is a success and a sign that we are maybe building to uh to bigger and better things in the future. So as I mentioned before, only way is up. 
Ninth place, Mariners, let's go. <laughs> Eighth place, I've put MacArthur FC. Um, as I mentioned in that little preview, uh, looking, analyzing their squad, decent lineup, some quality players. Will they make the finals? Potentially, possibly. They could be the, the surprise package this year. But I think just for the new team, um, they won't quite have the, the, the big impact that the Wanderers did when they came into the league and made it all the way to the grand final. I think they'll sit just outside the finals, um, but I, did, I have put their, their rivals, Western Sydney Wanderers, in seventh place. Um, Carl Robinson, former Jets manager, of course, went there and uh, has has brought in some players from, from across the league. James Troisi from the Reds, Bernie Abini, as I mentioned earlier, and, of course, our own Ziggy Gordon is now playing with them. Western Sydney Wanderers in seventh place for me. The finals, the top six. I've got Wellington Phoenix in sixth place. Good squad. Good squad, good coach, Ufuk Tale. Um, they're based in Wollongong this year, which will be interesting, where the restrictions ease and they get to move back to to uh, New Zealand. I mean, hopefully for them and just the players and their families, um, that would obviously be ideal for them. But they've seemed to uh, to, to settle in. They're settling in, in nicely from what I see um, in Wollongong, and they make they can make that some they can make that a little bit of a base for them this year. Fifth place, I put Adelaide United. Again, lost some players. Riley McGree is gone. Miliuznich is gone. Um, but again, they've brought in Tommy Urich, who is a soccer that's a That's a great signing. Um, hopefully some goals coming in for them. Uh, not against us, <laughs> of course, but I think they'll finish in fifth place. The top four now, Western United, again, they've retained Bursa Barisha. Diamante still there. No reason um, for them to finish outside the top six this year. I think fourth place for them. Now the top three, I have put Melbourne Victory. In third place, which, hey, is a big one considering they finished um, next to us at the bottom of the ladder, second place, second last, last year. But Melbourne Victory, uh, I like the players that they brought in. Rudy Gasteed, um, Jacob Butterfield, you've got Chris McManaman, uh, all good players, players that have played in um, some of the big, bigger leagues, I guess. Um, I mean, just in the UK, in those in those top two divisions, they've certainly had some game time there. But with former player Grant Brebner in charge, I think I think it'll be an improvement for them for them um, this year. And it was it was uh, certainly a disappointment for them to finish second last last year. So they'll be hungry to climb up the ladder again this year. Third place for victory. Their rivals, Melbourne City, sitting in second place again for me. It's the same top two, Melbourne City in second place and Sydney FC in first place. It's hard to see any other team knocking off Sydney FC at the moment. Again, I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm hoping to be shocked. Um, but it's really just the safe bet to put Sydney FC top. So that is my ladder prediction for the 2020-21 season. Central Coast Mariners finishing in ninth place out of 12 teams, which, hey, I think a lot of us Mariners fans would take that result if that's how it pans out. But thanks so much for listening to the very first episode of the Coast Watch Football Podcast. You're going to be getting episodes every single Tuesday. Every single Tuesday we'll be reviewing the previous match which had just been played over that previous weekend and previewing the upcoming round as well. And that's basically what we've done here. We've, we've previewed the two upcoming games that we have, uh, both games coming before next Tuesday. So next Tuesday, we would have seen two Mariners fixtures. We'll be breaking them down. Um, and then we've got a bit of a break after then, don't we? A couple of weeks off before we return to Central Coast Stadium to face the Wanderers in mid-January. 
Um, you can listen to the podcast just about everywhere. I'm going to make sure it's available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If it's not on a platform that you listen to, just go ahead and send me a message at Coast Watch Football on Instagram and I'll make sure I fix it up for you. And that's where you can follow all the action. Coast Watch Football exclusively on Instagram, not on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else. Exclusively on Instagram. Search up Coast Watch Football. Going to be posting lineups, tactical analysis, and all sorts of fun stuff over there. Coast Watch Football on Instagram. Thanks so much for joining me for this debut episode. And we'll see you guys next week. 